What's up, Cretans? This is part two of episode 31 of the Nerd or Not podcast. If you haven't heard part one, go back and listen to that. We're just continuing the discussion of some of our favorite Christmas memories. We went a little long, and instead of just cutting stuff out for time, we felt it would be best just to leave everything in and just make a second episode. So hope you guys enjoy it. Here's a continuation of episode 31 of the Nerd or Not podcast. So, shall we talk about music? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, I will, I will kick this one off, because uh, I don't want to not be able to say this one. Uh, it is... Uh, my favorite Christmas song is uh, Mr. Heat Miser, Mr. Snow Miser. Uh, any version, but my favorite is uh, specifically by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Uh, yep. Because um, <laughs> it is just... And uh, they... Uh, there are certain, you know, there there are, are phrases when people act that are, where someone says they own a scene or they're chewing up the scenery mm-hmm. or they they own everything. like Lithgow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this the, they Lithgowed this song. Uh-huh. <laughs> they Mister Hemazo. Like they they own every second that this song is on. Like there's this one particular part when Heat Miser is singing where he's supposed to laugh, mm-hmm. and and the guy from Big Bad Voodoo Daddy who's playing the part of Heat Miser does this like amazing villain laugh where he's like <laughs> I'm like oh god I love it it's wonderful um, but it's it's so fucking good it's such a great song oh, the, uh, the bit where he leans into the mic and goes thank you thank you yeah yeah <laughs> he's too much thank you <laughs> yeah <sighs> that that one that one hits the loop uh, quite often uh, over here that that is one of probably about five Christmas songs that remain in rotation year round too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like that. That's I can listen to that in in March and June. I don't care. I'm happy if it's on. I can't. Uh, it's it's Halloween for me. I got it's it's only one month. Granted, during that month I play the living shit out of it so that I'm sick of it by the time New Year's Eve rolls around. <laughs> but then by the time Christmas comes around again, I'm like, I haven't heard this in eight months. Give it to me. <laughs> or eleven, whatever. I don't know that Math. particular version. <laughs> Of that song, uh, I used last year for my per- for my family's Christmas video because we went to Gaylord Palms where they have the ice mm-hmm. exhibit, mm-hmm. and then it, we went outside and it was like ninety five degrees, so it was <laughs> it was perfect. For ice that is and perfect. Heat. That works. <laughs> I thought okay, were we doing like three songs? I thought it was three songs from uh, the rundown earlier because I could just do one. Oh, whatever. Whatever yeah. is going okay. Well, we'll just... let's keep the round table spinning then. Um, sometimes you have to work on Christmas is a seminal one that I, w- yes! that I listen to a lot. And um, two things I want to drop off about this song right now. Uh, well, one thing is that it's not on Spotify. Who fucking dropped the ball there? Put it on Spotify right now. Anyway, <laughs> um, after that, um, I don't know. When I first heard it, uh, I was working at um, I was working at the station that I used to work uh, the local with you at uh, at Bob, and um, and uh, we had to work during Christmas week. I think specifically we had to work Christmas Eve that year. We we didn't have to work the day of, but um, still there was like the impetus to be home at that time, and. I was digging through. I was doing like a LimeWire binge because, you know, that's what you did before certain other things became available. And I found that song. It was like, oh, this is Tag Christmas, whatever. And I listened to it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so fucking perfect. And it reminded me of so many times where, like, we were just having to shovel that weekly paycheck into our mouths unrepentantly. Like, at a time, we thought it would never end. Which mm-hmm. is funny that, He's like... He's working for holiday pay. So are we. Yeah. And, um... 
<laughs> people act like it's like such a generational thing right now. And it's like, man, we're still renting. That was at a time when we think we weren't able to rent still. But never mind. That's a rent for another day. Um, but I remember those times, you know, working at a theater overnight and, um, you know, having to work at fucking the Disney Dolphin while all that was going on. And that song just somehow like centers the the knowledge that you have eventually escaped that particular Polaroid in your life and crawled out and etched and etched your way into another better one after that. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know, there's, there's a little bit of like a, there's like a, some kind of like a, an emotional solace in working by yourself on a holiday where you're supposed to be, where everybody else is with their families, much less you supposed to be with your family. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is about that song. It's it's but it's a bittersweet sort of a thing. I, I'd like to say it reminds me of times that I hated in my life, but but not really. It's just they were harder. You hated them at the time, but when you got past them, you realized that the, you were still the you that you are now, just learning more. <laughs> uh-huh. How about you, Bob? Oh, I got a couple. Um, sometimes you have to work on Christmas. That's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, anything by bob rivers but my (laughs) personal favorite of his is oh christmas tree this is the instrumental where you hear a guy walking in the snow no lyrics at all and then the guy starts sawing at a tree but he's going in the beat with oh tannenbaum oh tannenbaum (laughs) and then after a few like 20 seconds of that you hear a chainsaw (laughs) and it starts (laughs) right in tune with the song to oh christmas tree and it's God damn perfect. It's just, I remember I played this for people for the first time. You're like, oh, that's so nice. That's so sweet. The chainsaw kicks in. Like, oh, God. Where's this going? <laughs> that's one of them. Uh, another one, Jimmy Buffett's Christmas Island. Love yes. that song. I probably stole that from your list, Jay, but you know, you, we can share it. It's Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's about the time of giving and sharing. Who did that uh, version of Otanabom? Because it sounds an awful lot like a jackal thing with Jesse Dupree on Chainsaw. Yeah, but I think Bob Rivers beat him to it. That song's pretty old, I believe. Oh, it's oh, a Bob Rivers yeah. joint. Yeah, that's from, that's from the 80s, I believe. I think that was off of... I don't think it was the Twisted Christmas album. I think it was the one after it that he did for Christmas. Huh. That sounds right. Uh, I would have guessed Twisted Christmas, but yeah, it could have been the one after. Uh, final song that every time I have it on my rotation, it it goes through and it's like, oh, here we go. We need to turn this one up. Is Three Jolly Rogues by the Irish Rovers. Yes. I I, I introduced you to that one last year, I think. Uh, a couple of years ago, you okay. introduced me to the album. Okay. And I, it's a lot like... Uh, 12 Days of Christmas, except for instead of birds and rings and everything, that's singing about drinking. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's something you need to hear, Corey. It's, <laughs> so, I have the lyrics right here for the, the final, because they're, they're going through it. They sing one thing, they sing a second thing, then they re- recite this first thing again. Mm-hmm. They do a third thing, recite the second and the first. It's kind of like 12 Days of Christmas. Uh-huh. And the final one, let's see if I can do this right. <clears throat> A sniffer of brandy, a jinger of gin, a jar of mead, a jug of punch, a tot of rum, a dram of scot, a mug of ale, half half of whiskey, a glass of wine, a pint of gifts before we take our leave. Yep. Where does beer place before all the liquor on that list? Well, because they... Well, I guess ale. Ale? They they, they pop into the pub for a pint of Guinness. Uh Uh-huh. That's how the song starts. And then then it's just downhill from there. Yeah. (laughs) Because they start with beer and then put everything else on top of that. Yep. 
Yeah, they're Ooh. in for a rough night. Well, they're they're Irish, bud. They're cool. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't 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 sweat it. Yeah. My people are strong, man. My people are strong. <laughs> Why is Daddy drinking out of the tree bowl? It's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas, and I got a headache for various reasons. Uh, I am going to toss on uh, Fairy Tale of New York. Oh uh, yeah, by the Pogues, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, an absolutely. Uh, very sad song. Um, it is not a fairy tale in any sense of the term. Uh, oh, sweet irony. Yeah, it, it's about a guy who spends Christmas in the drunk tank. <laughs> and, uh, and and his regrets or pleasures at doing so, because you can't really tell where he's coming from because the, the, the verses are kind of a hodgepodge of mm-hmm. I love her and I hate her. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's a great song. Great song. Um, there was that one. Um Speaking of things that uh, may or may not be like, uh, I don't know, culturally insensitive or whatever, but um, hey, you Santa Claus, you wait, is that the title or is it just something he says over and over again in the song? Hey, Santa Claus, where's my fucking bike? That's the refrain. I don't know what the title is, though. You don't remember this? No. No. There was like I was not- looking. I, okay. Well, here's here's the uh, here's the recent situation. I was putting together a playlist yesterday on Spotify, and a startling amount of the songs uh, on the playlist seemed like they like were either sung by an Irish sort of a an Irish sort of a group or sung in the style of uh, those groups. And this one was like a parody of those. It was a guy with an acoustic guitar. It wasn't Mar- it wasn't Mary Bloody Xmas. That's something else, although still a favorite. <laughs> um, but it Great was. Song. It was basically like if Little Britain and the Pogues got together and did like a hee-hee funny song with a lot of offensive and... Uh, see, I usually have no problem like saying cuss words, but even like... Really? <laughs> even when I'm hanging... I haven't noticed. Even... Well, it it features, it features, it features a word that like even other people that cuss a lot seem to have a problem with, so... Ah, dropping the C, are they? Yes, exactly, yeah. So They'll I don't know. They'll be seeing you next Tuesday, eh? Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I really never got what the heaviness was with that one word because you're, you're, there's, there's all sorts of other filth. And this is my mom's side of the family. We, and they usually have like no fucking filters whatsoever, including the ones you don't get away with in a crowded urban area, if you know what I mean. Ah, but yes. the C word, nobody likes the C word, ever. And this song is fucking lousy with it. So... <laughs> That's one I kind of have to listen to once a year, not because it's like in the uh, you know uh, joyous uh, uh, celebration of the holidays, but because my filth valve needs to be purged, and that's <laughs> the one song among a few others, admittedly, that does it, and it does it pretty Your well. Your quota has to be met. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one one of, one of my favorite things about my mom living in Ireland is how uh, just flippantly she wields that word now. Oh yeah, like. Like it's like me with fuck. Like she will drop that word, uh-huh. like just in conversation, and I'm just like, so how how are things going? on? oh, you know, it's 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 fine. Everything's great, and blah 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 blah. But she's a C, and I'm like, Jesus, mom. Okay, uh, you got to give me a heads up here. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because like if there's other people that are listening to this podcast, you know, across the ocean, they're like, they're talking about coot mate, and it's like, oh. <laughs> I don't know what the big deal is. We do have a pretty good uh, following in the UK. We do? All right. Yeah. Well, this this is for them. Feel free to bleep this out afterwards if you want. Cunt, 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 cunt. <laughs> nope. Letting it fly. 
oh, then I could have at least done it in like ambic pentameter or something and made it entertaining for the people over here. Because now they're going to have to stomach it too. All right. Well, Merry Cuntmas. <laughs> Just replace your C's with a B. Oh, what a silly bunt. <laughs> you silly bunt. <laughs> Spell color. So, That's, yeah, Monty Python. Anyway, um. <laughs> I will um, add uh, uh, Dropkick Murphys on my list uh, with the song The Season's Upon Us, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is uh, every Irish family's Christmas Forgot uh, to add ever that. In, uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, basically, uh, highlights from the song. Uh, nephew gifts him a wrapped bo- uh, bag full of shit. Um, uh, his his dog defiles his teddy bear. Uh, spends no time with him. Only spends time with his dad, who's wasted drinking whiskey. Uh, yeah, it's it's a f- spectacular fucking song. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's really good. You should listen to it if you haven't heard it, Bob. So I've, I've got one good. for uh, I've got one that Bob's definitely going to know about since we're talking about like uh, culturally specific tunes. Um, uh, Merry Christmas of the Family, Robert Olkeen. Yep. Fuck yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. God damn it, that song is great. That and the unofficial sequel, Happy Holidays, Y'all. Uh, I don't know Happy Holidays, Y'all. It's on the playlist. I will check it out. Yeah. Do so, because I spent four hours making that thing yesterday. <laughs> and it is magnificent. Uh, so- Reverend, Horton, Reverend Horton Heat doing uh, Santa Bring My Baby Back. Reverend Horton Heat has a lot of has a lot of Christmas covers. Yes, he does. Yeah, and it was kind of like biting my tongue not to include them all because you know, love the Horton, but uh, you don't want to drown your playlist, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's I'll tell you one. that w- one of my favorite memories uh, is my mom pulled me aside after shortly I moved to Orlando and she said, "I'm going over to a friend's. We're going to go on a hayride, for, and we're going to sing Christmas carols." I'm like, "Okay, sure. I'll get to meet some new people. I just moved here. Great." Uh, we went, did the hail ride, the, the, the hell ride, the, the, the hell ride. No, that was a couple of months ago. No. Yeah. No, <laughs> we did the ride and we sang Bob Rivers tunes the whole trip. It was God, a damn glorious. It was awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Corey, I think you've heard this one, Bob. I don't know if you have or not, but, um, Hey Guadalupe or happy birthday Guadalupe happy by birthday, the killers, Guadalupe, which uh, I didn't find. Huh. The the Killers actually for a few years did a new Christmas song every year, mm-hmm. and proceeds from the sales of the single were donated to children's homes and stuff like that. Uh, oh. And and they're all I spectacular. Have a couple of their tracks. Yeah, like uh, Happy Birthday Guadalupe is great. Great Big Sled is great. Uh, uh, Better You Than Me, uh, Joseph is great. Um, uh, what's the last one I'm thinking of? Uh, I was just listening to one earlier today, actually, and I saw the Killers. Like, oh yeah, they did a couple of Christmas tracks. Yeah, all all their stuff is great. Uh, I'm kind of with you. Uh, anything from uh, the Jimmy Buffett Christmas albums is an in instant play because mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't miss on any of them. Yeah, even even his absolutely ridiculous. Uh, uh, what is it? Oh shit, I can't run run name. Rudolph. No, not run run Rudolph. It's the one where he's. Uh, He's pretending to be a surfer. Don't be rude, dude. Everything's fine, man. Share the wave, man. It's it's so stupid, and I'm like, this is so dumb, but I love yeah, it. I it's think wonderful. when you turn fifty, you should stop talking like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's top grade camp right there. It, uh, it really is. What are uh, what are like some of the bands that you you're not only just going to see once or twice on everyone's Christmas playlist, but always stand a pretty real danger of crowding the list itself. I would say you could uh, start with Brian Setzer. 
Brian Setzer, mm-hmm. uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Right. Um, the Irish na- Rovers. Yep. Okay. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies. Um, I found out that they did like a whole Christmas album yesterday. Yeah, and it's all wonderful. Have you heard, uh, <laughs> uh, what is it, um, Mary Stills or... <sighs> Basically, the entire song is them going, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Crosby, Nils, and Stash, or something like that. <laughs> Some, it, it's absolutely like absurd, but uh, I heard that for the first time yesterday. Uh, she and him. She and him also. Uh, there's PMJ now. Yep, PMJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Papini sisters. Oh my god, um, the Papini sisters. Uh, Mikey Michael Bublé, um, who is I really wish I could hate him, but he's just <laughs> such a fucking affable dork. Where I'm like, God damn it. So you're you're handsome and you're funny and you're likable. You son of a bitch. Uh, any boobles I should have on there then? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, in Elf's Lament, he did with the Bare Naked Ladies. Okay. You right. need to hear that song because it is a song about the elves going on strike uh, because they're tired of working for Santa. Uh, it is wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Jay. Yes. Are are you holding the key to Erebor? Uh, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Just want to make sure. Make sure. Far over the misty, misty mountains, mountains root off the red nosed <laughs> reindeer. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, skip, yes, skip, I am holding. Skip, skip. I am holding the key to Erebor. Uh, uh, you, you also frequently see me holding Gandalf's staff. I've got a tiny one of those. It's a, this is a pen. So <laughs> it's, 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 oh, that's it's, so cool. It's a very yeah, usable. It's, it's fantastic. Key to Erebor, right. Uh, it's, it's actually more useful than the actual key to Erebor because I don't have to wait till it's moonlight on the new moon of the third month and the year of whatever. Yeah, and at um, that, it only opens one door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's it, it, Christmas music, as you guys can tell, as we have now gone completely off track uh, topic here. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, derailed. Christmas music's a big deal to all of us. Uh, we all cultivate and uh, maintain Spotify playlists of Christmas music. You know what? We should just put together a Cretans Guild Spotify playlist and share it with folks. So, um, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we'll, we'll get on that. We'll, we'll have that posted Let's, on the Twitter and the Facebook eventually. Mostly seasonal uh, playlists, the- too. Cause, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, here's here's the funny thing. Uh, you know how some of the radio stations, they play like traditional Christmas music, like Burl Ives and Dean Martin, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We get in the car one day. Alicia, she works at a mall. So she's hearing this all day long. I turn on the radio station. She says, can, I, can we please, please listen to something else? I turn on my Christmas music. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, this is so much better. Why can't <laughs> we play this all the time? <laughs> so it's not your traditional Christmas music. No, it's not exactly family friendly all the time either. No, it's definitely not. Now there, there's be. definitely some standards in there. We do have, uh, you know, variations on classics. Mm-hmm. Um, like there are, uh, for for example, the Heat Miser Snow Miser song from mm-hmm. from Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. It's it is a it's not a standard by any stretch of the imagination, but it is it's an older song, but it's a different version of it. And and we'll do stuff like I have. Uh, uh, I, I want to say it's uh, Oh Come All Ye Faithful by Bad Religion on my playlist, and it's it's goddamn wonderful. All right. <laughs> Um, SR seventy yeah, one. Oh god! Look up the Bad Religion Christmas album because it's wonderful. <laughs> While we're doing that, uh, are either of you Jay? I'm guessing you are uh, familiar with the Vandals. Yeah. Okay. You know their Christmas album, I assume. Nope, didn't. Well, now you have to. 
Yeah, because I've, I've got because on that album it's Christmas time for my penis, <laughs> which is the name of one of their songs, and it's one that I unfortunately have to skip past whenever I'm listening to the thing and. The control room at work. Hey, look, there it is. It's the second song on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Read some of the other titles, by the way. Give us all a show here. A Gun for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Grandpa's Last Xmas. Uh, Thanks for Nothing with an X. Uh, I believe the original version of Oi to the World. Mm. Uh, Nothing's Going to Ruin My Holiday. They... Christmas Time for My Penis. Yep. <laughs> I don't believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, my first Xmas, parentheses, as a woman. Uh, Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. Here I Am, Lord. C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-S. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hang Myself from the Tree. <laughs> and Overture. Um, You're Not Gonna Ruin My Christmas is magnificent. But it's not just actually Christmas albums that we do, that we do this with. It's usually the seasonal albums as well. Because even mm-hmm. though I don't have the Halloween uh, playlist put together on uh, Spotify or anywhere else just yet, my hard drive is... I'm pretty sure that like the bulk of my secondary drive is taken up by just Halloween songs. And that that sometimes means that there's 10 versions of the same goddamn thing in that in that folder, which is a little bit shameful. But you know nobody else is usually in the car with me, so who gives a fuck? Ah, Oi to the World was originally by the Vandals. No shit. Then I'm yep. good and wrong in, there. Nice. Was released in 1996 on their label Kung Fu Records uh, and was covered by their good friends, no doubt, on a very special Christmas 3 in 1997. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's the one rendered most famous to everybody. All right. Bob, do you do, do you guys have any uh, personal traditions that you uh, that you adhere to every year? Yeah, there's a really long-running one in my family where the youngest in the family is the one who puts the star up on the tree or whatever it is you put on the top of the tree. Sure. This year we have like some kind of LED snowflake that glistens or something. (laughs) So trying to hold Robbie up there and trying to explain him. Okay. No, just put it up there. No, just put, no, just use the clamp. Get it out of your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not food. No, no, no. No, it's just, okay, my arms are getting tired. Please, just, okay, screw this. <laughs> there, you did it. You're done. Next year. No, no, quit putting it on your head. No. It's not a 20-point dunce cap. Put it down. How about you, Corey? Uh, well, I put up my little Charlie Brown tree, and that's pretty much it. Because <laughs> I do not have room in this apartment for a Christmas tree. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we uh we have stuck with our tradition that we've had now uh we'll be married we've been married 16 years now uh and we have uh put up our christmas tree the first saturday after thanksgiving for probably 14 of those 16 years and we did that again this year um yeah uh it was uh you know that's that's our that's our big one and um meredith puts on the lights and then let's victor and i do all the ornaments uh, or if Corey's here, let's Corey, Victor, and I do all the ornaments because um, she wants nothing to do with putting on the ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't blame her because I put up all of our Christmas stuff. So when it comes time to the ornaments, kids, go nuts. <laughs> so all of our ornaments are about five feet off the ground. They're not, they're not, it's like, all right, I'll put the one of Opus way up there where he belongs. Out of yeah, reach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've started one this year with doing the uh, the daily ornament photos. Uh, which which wasn't something I intended to start doing, 
Um, like I, I originally just intended to take like one or two pictures of my ornaments, but I, I'm, I'm having fun with it because the lighting's interesting. Uh, so it's, uh, it's been good. And I'm on, I think day 10 or day 11 now mm-hmm. uh, of doing, uh, an ornament a day. And it's funny how many of them have little stories behind them. Like most of them, I just look at them and off the top of my head, it's like, Oh, Hey, that's a neat ornament. And then I start thinking about it. I was like, oh, wait, now I remember where I got this. I remember what was happening when this when when this was bought. So I, rem- I remember uh, where you actually uh, got the uh, the marshmallow snowman because that was one of the earliest. That was. That yeah. was at that uh, that Christmas store that was on Alafaya where Rhino ended up. Yeah. Um, uh, which is which ended up being an EB, which ended up being uh, nothing, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, they killed Rhino, those sons of bitches. They did, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was that weird ass Christmas store that was open year round. Mm-hmm. That was fucking incredible. That was it was the most mom and pop Christmas store you can imagine. It was packed to the gills. Mm-hmm. Everything was on top of everything. Yeah, uh, you had to like walk sideways to get down aisles and like duck under things to get to certain spots in the store. It was it was incredible. I'd say um, it's still uh, still secondary to maybe Wayside Antiques. Oh yeah. Okay. Because you, you remember Wayside. Like, anybody who's lived on the I-75 corridor, they know where Wayside Antiques is. The barn. The barn. Right outside of Gainesville. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Oh, shit. Yeah, we passed that on the way up. Yep. It is no longer a Christmas store. Um, The last time I passed by it, though, which was just last month... Okay, if it isn't a Christmas store, it still looks basically the same. Because I remember they shut down for a long time. Or became something Did they? else. Yeah. Okay, because I knew they had shut down. If they reopened, then that's fantastic. Yeah, and and there was a fresh coat of red paint on the outside of it, and the inside was lit up similarly to how it was before. Now, granted, I didn't see a, a ridiculously mammoth train set in operation there at the time. Oh, uh, man. Oh, that man. train set was amazing. That thing was the ninth goddamn wonder of the world. Are you kidding me? Yes. How long did that motherfucker take to build that? Did you ever go there, Bob? No, never been. Uh, it was this... So it was right outside of Gainesville. Uh, I want to say it was just north of Ocala mm-hmm. yeah. uh, on, se- on 75. And it was just this Christmas wonderland. Like all downstairs was ornaments and lights and tinsel and all this kind of shit. Everything. Department and, 56 and, out the ass. Yeah. And yeah. Upsta- <laughs> upstairs was the biggest goddamn train set ever. Like not <laughs> not even a little bit of hyperbole. Yeah. Biggest one I've ever seen without, without question. And not even like pre-molded uh, landscaping. It was all hand-hewn out of styrofoam and hand-painted. Oh, yep. God. It was a crazy... It was, yeah. It was stunning. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, uh, we're looking to go over to uh, Frankenmuth, which is over on um, Lake Ontario mm-hmm. uh, here in a couple weeks uh, just to see, because they've got a big Christmas place over there. Uh, which is supposedly the biggest in the in the country now, um, so we're gonna go over there and take a look at it just to see what it's like. Ooh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, while I don't have a tradition, I am uh, I am doing a Christmas experiment this year. If anybody, oh, what wants is your to experiment? That. What's that? Absolutely. All right. What is your experiment? Well, um, it has to do with drinking, but shockingly, non-alcoholic beverages this time. Ooh. So, I know, fan yourselves off. It's it's gonna be a little bit. Um, does anybody remember like uh, you know uh, you know how soft drink uh, manufacturers put out like special edition soft drinks and they've been at this since like I think maybe two nineteen ninety eight or so. Sure. Like, yeah. Like when they did uh, uh, it was like when um uh, a Mountain Dew started doing the weird different colors like Mountain yeah. Dew black and shit like that. And some yeah. people could even say that like uh, Crystal Pepsi kind of was a was a big term huh. in that and oh yeah okay so you mean just like general different flavors not like a seasonal. 
thing, right? Well, they're, they're around for, they're around temporarily. And I don't really know what the marketing model is that governs that, but like pitch black was out for like two months and then they swapped uh-huh. something else, like another garish color out for it. Um, back in 2004, there was a version of Pepsi, uh, released called holiday spice Pepsi. And, um, and, uh, you, it's developed like a small cultish following. And when I say, small cultish i mean like way smaller than you know fucking surge because at least the people that make surge they realized that there was enough of a demand for them to bring it back for a little bit temporarily so holiday spice came out and um what it um it, it was good it was good what it tasted like was if you took um i don't know some parts of mold uh cider and then you dumped it into pepsi i know that sounds like thoroughly and unforgivably repugnant but I don't know. It was tasty as shit, and it wasn't like aggressively so. And I always, I always kind of looked forward, looked forward to like each Christmas. Oops, sorry. Apparently, holiday spice Pepsi makes me really excited. Um, <laughs> looking forward to each Christmas after that, uh, it, it coming back. And it only made another return in 2006, and a couple of returns in 2008 and 9, where it was rebranded as Christmas Pepsi, and they added Coke, which was as bad as it sounds. Or co- they added cocoa, not Coke. <laughs> I think Coke plus Pepsi is just Coke. Um, anyway, um, so uh, there are like various um, web pages, and there's even a Facebook group dedicated to like trying to dissect or reconcoct the uh, recipe uh, for an accurate tasting holiday spice Pepsi. Because unlike a lot, a lot of other um, soft drinks brought back by nostalgia, Pepsi wants fucking nothing to do with this whole thing, and nobody knows why. Like even people that like there was an article about it this year in. Uh, eater or yeah, I think it was eater, and they tried to get a hold of a of a representative to get the story there, and the representative just told us, yeah, we're not bringing that back, ever, and that was pretty much it. That was the end of the line. So to that end, um, I've been kind of on a quest to try to find various methods of reconstituting the flavor of. Ooh, that's not it. The flavor of holiday uh, spice Pepsi, and a bunch of people have like various theories and um, hypothetical recipe builds for this, but a lot of them say it was built on this stuff that I just had. This, which by the way, tastes nothing like holiday spice Pepsi. So, back to square one. Was it was it good though? It was tasty. Yeah, it was super. It was like a super thick grape soda with like a tiny bit of Dr Pepper thrown in, just essentially okay. what it tastes like. Um, so the theory is going around that like uh, there's a certain uh, combination of spices that you have to throw in and uh, let it just sit there for a little bit. Or uh, there's a similarly uh, composed tea uh, that you have to throw into like a two liter of Pepsi and let that sit overnight. So I found this. By the way, this is part of another story here. And I found this. Uh, there it is. Both of those what things. Was that? What's this? What were those? I couldn't really see This is see just them. the bag of the raw spice itself. Big okay. ass chunks of clove and anisette. Ah. Okay. And this is the tea version right here. Okay. Ah. But um, these came from a thing that I just found out about today. Um, I, I, truth be told, I found out about a couple of days ago because I walked by, but I didn't know what it was. Um, it's called the Christ kind- Kindler Market. Christ Kindle Market. Christ Kindle Market. And what it is is a holiday uh, pop-up village that is built every year in the Daily Plaza and another location in Lakeview that I don't know where. Uh, I think next to Wrigley. Um, and it's basically all just like German, Bavarian, and uh, Scandinavian foods. 
and stuff from, you know, the appropriate regions. So, what else I got was, you know how, like, I'm a huge whore for this shit right here? You know that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Happy Cola. I mean, there's Spree, and then there's the Happy Cola. Those are my two demons. Well, I found this. <laughs> Harry Bow fucking liquor. So, <laughs> so we're going to be trying that tonight. And in lieu of our usual... Uh, um, no, you pop that shit open. You try one live. That's what I'm doing right now, yeah. Oh, okay, good. Um, and damn, those are good. Mmm. <laughs> Haribo. <laughs> so y'all watch. I'm trying not to get too skeeved out by me enjoying my candy a little bit too much. Fair enough. <sighs> it's not alcoholic, though. That's a bummer. Anyway. Just flavored, just flavored of alcohol? Mm-hmm. So, cool. to wrap all this up, uh, hopefully by the time we do another holiday podcast before the month is out, I'll have a complete and hopefully not too offensive uh, surrogate for Holiday Spice Pepsi um, for us to enjoy or for me to enjoy. <laughs> you guys have to go without. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So to, to close out our little Christmas segment here, um, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm going to audible slightly. So we'll, we'll do the original ending and then we'll, we'll go to to. But, but first, I, I got a question. What was your favorite gift that you received as a kid? Bob. Hmm. Without a doubt, I... Let me guess my age at the time. I must have been seven? Six or seven. And I received an Autobot. And I was a huge Transformers fan at the at the time, uh-huh. and it wasn't just any Autobot. It was about four feet tall, and its name was Fortress Maximus. Motherfucker, you got Son Fortress of Maximus, a bitch. Grr! Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll, I found a photo of it. I'll put it up like right now. Okay. Ding. Of wow, that's me. magical. <laughs> yeah, it looks look just, at that. It looks just like I remember. Yeah. You see how happy I look there? Yes. Mm. Schadenfreude, thy name is Fortress Maximus. (laughs) You're one of the kids I hated in elementary school. I don't know how I got this thing. I mean, I asked for it, and I never get any. I asked for a Nintendo, I got a Sega. Mm -hmm. I asked for something else, I get, like, it's it's competitor that suck. So I I shot for the moon. (laughs) You know, you you ask for Coke, you're going to get Pepsi. That's the way it works in my family. So I just shot for the moon. I said, I would like Fortress Maximus. And... It was there. And it was freaking awesome. The head comes mm. off. It turns into a robot. <laughs> its head comes off. It comes it turns into a little robot as well. <laughs> it was the it, it's a it's a inception headmaster, basically. Uh, oh god. Like this- I, I had a number of Autobots and and Decepticons that I really loved. This one was the, the best in my opinion. It was better than any of the Dinobots, any of the in- Insector, Insect, whatever. Insecticons. Uh, uh, Insecticons, thank you. Uh, and I had a bunch of them, especially from the Gen 2 line. And I think, was this Gen 2? I think it was Gen 2. It definitely was not Gen 1. But, uh, yeah. Gen 2 was about when the uh, when the movie came out, wasn't it? Or a little bit after? Yeah, I think yes? so. Yeah. Yes. All right. And this was after the movie when the series picked back up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, towards the end of the series, I think. Yeah. So how about you, Corey? What was your favorite gift as a kid? Motherfucker with the Fortress Maximus. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I wanted to propose a theory about why parents get 
the thing that the kid did not ask for, but that's kind of close to it. I think it's because they see one thing and they're like, okay, well, this other thing is exactly like this one thing, but if we get this, he'll be surprised and happy with what we got him. But it's not fucking like that. That's when yeah. people. It's what I refer to as the grandma. Yeah, thing. exactly. Grandma's I was about at, to say it was yeah, the grandma yeah. quotient. <laughs> exactly. Where <laughs> so she's at the store and she's like, oh, he really liked that Cars movie. Mm-hmm. Well, this is some cheaper animation studio that made an animated car movie. He'll like that just as much. I'll get that. Hey, grandma, and, and the, the DVD doesn't play at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is Region 4. Where is that? Afghanistan? <laughs> You didn't, uh, re- you didn't. You fucked up fucking up. How do you fuck that up? <laughs> re- re- region four is Brazil. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Um, uh, that was my but, useless information. Let me see if I'm actually right about that. <laughs> let us know if you are, because I'm very curious. I think region four is actually Europe, Germany. Um, well, it'd be all of Europe, wouldn't it? No, 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 because. No, wait a minute. I'm ignorant on this topic. I take all of it back. Uh, let's just, see here. It's Region... one of those things where you think you've heard about it before, but uh. I just can't. I can't remember what it was from. Ah, yes, Region Four, Latin America. So yes, Latin America, New Zealand, okay. Australia, the Caribbean, and Oceania. So there we go. Yeah, they might not have any more oil, but at least they have DVDs. Hey, I remembered something from when I made video games. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was a, but uh, anyway, going back to the whole swap, whatever, swap, uh, uh, dynamic. Um, if you ask for a Fortress Maximus, that is to say, if you ask for a transformer, that's like fucking however many feet tall, there's, there's no go bot that's going to be able to like keep pace with that. True. So that's the, true. The only thing that they're, uh, that they're going to be like, that they're going to be able to justify, uh, swapping in for that is another ridiculously expensive play set from another property that's not anything close to what Transformers is. So you'd get, like, Eternia from He-Man or uh, fucking the Castle of Lions from Thundercats. Kind of just played my own favorite toy hand there, shit. But either way, <laughs> they're still dropping a huge chunk of chains on a, hu- ch- on a huge chunk of plastic. So they were like, just get the little bastard this as Christmas and fuck with him next year. <laughs> God damn it. Grr! I love torturing that kid. That's my gift as a parent. I, that's my present to me, torturing the kids. This, this is not Christmas related, but that was one of the best parts of growing up in a divorced house. Oh, no. Was that uh, my dad tried to buy my, my love uh-huh. uh, through my grandfather. So my grandfather tried to buy my love for my dad. I think that's basically how it went. Yeah. Uh, not, not the grandfather you guys knew, but uh, my grandpa Ray, mm-hmm. uh, who was a good person uh, and bought me very expensive toys as a child and i had castle eternia and it was unfucking believable yeah uh that was the thing was, with the little tram on it right yeah it had the tram and it was it was it was incredible it was absolutely amazing and i wish i still had it because i would not have to pay for victor's college but yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that was that was one of the best part that, that the only great part about coming up in a divorced house was mm-hmm. uh yeah parents trying to purchase your love um <laughs> Uh, my favorite toy as a kid, uh, that I got for Christmas, um, you know, I really want to say that it was my Genesis, uh, like that was my favorite thing, but if I'm being honest and I'm thinking about the thing that stuck with me the longest and that was, that I was inseparable from for probably a good six years, Mm -hmm. uh, was my orange popple. Uh, you got puzzle popple? I got puzzle popple. 
Uh, I'm more jealous was... of you for having Puzzle Popple than I am of Bob for having the fucking <laughs> Fortress Maximus. Because if there's um, one thing that my dad did not like was me owning stuffed animals. Um, that was one. That was the one thing I asked for by name mm-hmm. on my Christmas list yeah. was Orange Popple. Yeah. Um, and my grandparents came through on that one, or Santa came through, whoever got it for me. Uh, and it was it was just one of those things where. Uh, I knew a lot of people wanted them mm-hmm. and I knew a lot of people wanted that toy. And I just, I was just head over heels enamored with the popples. Mm-hmm. Um, and when a bunch of my friends got them as well, mm-hmm. uh, I was smart enough to take his tail and tie it in a knot. So we had one knot in the middle of his tail. So I knew which one was mine. Very well. Um, done. Yeah. So I, I had him, God, I had him for years until he just finally fell apart. Uh, and, and I had so to I'm get rid of him. <laughs> well, that's yeah, a well, t- exactly. That's that, a well-loved and, and, and that was, that was, uh, and I, I, I mean, that thing stayed with me well past the age of, you, you're, you're too old to sleep with teddy bears now. I was mm-hmm. like, well, that's fine. This is my popple. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, that was, uh, the hell was that? That's the, uh, that's the furnace kicking on again. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. It's <laughs> like, is Godzilla invading? Is he risen from Lake Michigan? No, not tonight. Um, he's, uh, he's, got yeah, a, he's got a gig over at the uh, Metro. My my orange popple would be would be my favorite toy as a kid. That's uh, how about you, Corey? Um, damn. Uh, I want to say that was like the the Alf plush that I actually still have because I have kept it around for that long because I took care That's of that awesome. little bastard. That was actually a birthday present though, so it's not um. I mean, hell, I even came, I even kept that um, uh, I even kept that like cardboard spaceship that he came in for like a good three years after I got it. That's amazing. And then my mom, my mom was like, okay, you can keep the plush. Dad's cool with that. Get that fucking silverfish trap out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. I don't know how he's going to go to the mall now. <laughs> want to take him to... I do have to... Oh, I said, sorry, I want to take him to I tilt with me. Okay. He's my ride. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I do have to make a confession that... A friend of mine, when I was about that age, got a toy for Christmas that I did consider stealing from him, and that was the original Max Botch uh, Voltron. Oh, man. Wait, the car I, one? I, I, or the Metal Lions? No, the Metal Lions. Ooh. See, the, the original. So I, I had, and this is this is where my, my grandma thing uh, came to be, because mm-hmm. I had asked for the Lion Voltron for Christmas, and I got Car Voltron, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was so disappointed until I played with it, mm-hmm. and that was such a better toy. <laughs> Car, Car Voltron was fucking incredible. I was about to say, you uh, little bastard. <laughs> I loved Car Voltron. I was so sad when I got it because I loved the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And, and then I was like, oh, but I wanted the lion. <laughs> but this guy's really fucking cool. <laughs> okay, he's going to win. Um, what was what was one of your favorites as a kid, though, Corey? Um, I don't think you actually said because you got to Alf and then yeah, that's right. Um, oh, the uh, the video game thing started pretty early with me. And I think it was because my dad, while he wasn't so high on plushes, do love him some video games. And I don't know how that worked out, but I'm glad it did. So up until that point, we'd been in a, an Atari household. And the previous year, we got um, 7600 with a uh, Dig Dug and Zevius. And we Man, got Zevius is a quality game. Yeah, and we got Zevius. Because my dad likes flying him some extraterrestrial warships and blowing the shit up out of some aliens. And I got Dig Dug because I like digging holes and pumping up dragons until they explode. 
<laughs> huh. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> so um, there was a little system that came out the next year. It was called an NES. All my friends had it. But up until that point, I felt like I was trying to, I was kind of doubling down on being a brat. Because when you grow up in a pretty decent household in the suburbs, and your parents, while they miss the mark every once in a while for Christmas and shit, for the most part, you can't complain too much, even though you still fucking did because you're a fucking brat. That year, all of a sudden, I became super self-aware of it, and I was like, I don't want a Nintendo. 76 does it for me. Just get me um, a version of Pac-Man on an Atari system that don't suck, and we're good. We'll call it square. But the thing is, is that I kept talking about Nintendo to friends of mine, and they picked up on it. Uh. So... That year, my mom was like, you sure you don't want anything? You're thinking about anything? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'd like to get um, what just came out for the 7600. Food Fight would be great. Yeah, let's, give me Food Fight. Or some socks, and I'm good to go. Maybe some comics. And um, right underneath the fucking tree, they picked up somehow about me talking with uh, my friend Mark about not just the Nintendo, but the Super Team Games Power Pad Pack-In. That was the uh, big combo item for Christmas that year. Uh-huh. They got all of that detail third hand not even second hand third hand and that was what i found under the tree and i shit myself because i was like i didn't even push them for this <laughs> and whenever i whenever i like straight up ask them for something yeah the grandma the grandma coefficient kicks in and something unexpected happens and it you know goes one way or the other but this is like the first time i didn't have to like do anything they were just cognizant of what i was obviously on for that year and there it was. I like, I like, felt like I won at life that morning. <laughs> and then I like made myself sick playing Super Team games, which is one of the most ungodly, fucking unfair games ever designed. <laughs> <laughs> that crab walk is bullshit. I still don't know how to work that thing. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a good year. <laughs> I will say the year I got my Genesis was probably one of my favorite Christmas memories because uh, I got that when I lived up in Fall River with my mom and my stepdad, mm-hmm. and. I knew I was getting it ahead of time because my mom said, Hey, we can either get you a bunch of smaller stuff or we can get you a Genesis Mm -hmm. because when a Genesis came out, it was not fucking cheap. No, it it was expansive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So it was either, you know, you get this, which is what you really want, or you get a bunch of other stuff, which is what you kind of want. And I said, you know, we're, let's go with the Genesis. We'll have fun with it. Um, And I remember when I got it, uh, because my mom came home and she was really excited. And she says, I was able to get it. I got it today. Uh-huh. This is like three weeks out from Christmas. And she's <laughs> like, I was able to get it. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's so cool. This is going to be a great Christmas. And my mom basically just went, you know what? Fuck it. Let's open it. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's play right now. And Christmas is today. And, and basically that's what happened. Christmas was that day. And we, we played shit. We must've played Sonic for like seven hours that day. Just me and my mom hanging out on the floor in my living room. Oh my and God. it was, that was like one of my favorite fucking memories. And it was so hard because it's Sonic, the goddamn hedgehog. Yeah. But <laughs> I st- the blast processing blew my mind. It was- <laughs> I still, I still have no earthly idea how Sonic became the, the phenomenon that it was. Cause that game was not. It- Cause there were a lot of kids who couldn't get a super Nintendo. That's why. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, but like even among like older people now, like there are people that if you go to like a gaming convention, they'll have like, uh, or fuck it, Gods and Monsters even has Sonic running on an emulator, you know? And there are people that'll sit down and play it and genuinely enjoy it. And I'm like, you realize you just like pressed right once and then hit A every once in a while. And mm-hmm. then you finish the stage. 
how much influence did you have there? And I get it, like back in the day when you're a kid, the gimmick the gimmick is enough to, to, to sell it. But then it but then it's like you have to there's there's a part of it there's a part of that video game that's not very game oriented, and that's something I was I was never able to buy into. But then again, I could watch my cousin play it for like an hour to clip, so I don't know. Whatever. All right, so moving moving on from this, let's let's get to uh, the the final bit of uh, topic here for our our, our Christmas special. Uh, and you know, we guys, we are the Cretans Guild, and we don't typically act terribly Cretinous. We're uh, we're pretty pretty decent folk here. Um, Most people kind of like us most yeah, of the time. You are. But, I just don't um, want to show my hand. We we were discussing earlier about what to do for the uh, the show, and I said, you know what? Let's actually earn our names. Uh, let's be Cretans. Let's be greedy. Let's list our uh, our top three from our wish list for Christmas this year. Uh, so if if folks are uh, looking to buy us stuff. Uh, you can send it uh, care of Cretans Guild at gofuckyourself.com. <laughs> and uh, but other than that, we just we just want to say Patent what's pending. <laughs> I think Dennis Leary uh, already registered it. To be honest, God damn it, I think you're right. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna list uh, th- uh, three of our items, our our most wanted items on our wish list this year. Mm. Um, so I will go first. One of my first things uh, is uh, I really desperately need passion fruit syrup for my bar. I cannot find it in Michigan. Uh, <laughs> passion fruit syrup. So, passion fruit syrup. Yes. Um, Where is this available? Well, uh, it's on Amazon. You can find it at other liquor stores, just not in my state. Apparently, uh, I, I don't know why. I used to I used to find mine at a pretty small liquor store in Claremont. It was actually before I moved over there. I probably just didn't try hard enough. Um, I, I, oh shit! What did I used to do before I found? Oh. Right, uh, I used to use a uh, fruit punch from a particular brand, a particular bottler, which was a which was a decent surrogate, and I forget who it was. V8. Does V8 make fruit punch? I have no idea. Ah, uh, shit! I'm gonna try to remember that. They make their own kind of punch that doesn't taste like anything drinkable. Uh, right. Well, passion fruit syrup is not drinkable by itself. It's super, super sweet. Uh, I'm guessing you're. I'm guessing you're thinking about this for hurricanes. Uh, amongst other amongst things, passion fruit syrup goes yes. into a lot of tiki drinks. Uh, hurricanes, so. though, are very, very good for dumping disposables into, like uh, that and painkillers both. Um, mm-hmm. uh, passion fruit syrup, I'll, I'll, I'll try to track some down for you. And if, if if nothing manifests over there, there's always here, and I'm pretty sure. Yay, yeah. Binnies. <laughs> yeah, the booze kingdom. Um, oh, that is Chicago. <laughs> um, hey, how about how about you, Bob? What's something off your wish list? Uh, I'll take an IOU because it's not available. But uh, PS4 with God of War 4, please. Thank you very much. Not available? Okay. It's not out yet. Oh, oh right. <laughs> okay. Um, How about you, Corey? I don't know if this is technically on my wish list, but I'm kind of lamenting. Uh, lamenting. This is, the, this is my hardship. Um, I don't have one, and I'm like several months behind on getting one, a Nintendo Switch. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've got Breath of the Wild. Haven't played it. <laughs> uh, so it's just staring at you in the room, saying, like, "Hi, Corey. Yeah, yeah. how you doing?" I, I actually almost had another Switch game up until a couple of days ago. Fucking which USPS. one? Uh, Retro City Ransom DX, which uh, it was the collector's edition, and it was produced in an extremely limited fucking run, and uh, it showed up on my doorstep while I was at work during the day shift, of course, and. Uh, you know what's really funny about this is that I had another order that I placed like maybe a month ago for a really cheap like old out of print DS game uh, that cost me like seven bucks, and I came home today 
which was another day shift, and it was fucking right there. The person that stole this package somehow knew that the one to steal was going to be the one that I would never be able to track down ever, or at least have a very slim chance of doing so ever again. And they picked that day to strike. I don't know if it was like somebody at the post office that knew or whatever the fuck, but that's what happened to Retro City Ransom or Rampage DX. And fuck it, that's 60 bucks down the drain because the guy from um, the studio that makes it isn't even emailing me anymore. And that was my last uh, Switch game. <laughs> So my next item um, <laughs> is, uh, I, I, I uh, in particular, I, I really want a nice Dremel tool um, mm-hmm. just for, for smaller working, uh, you know, smaller woodworking projects and stuff like that. Um, my router is great, but it is large and unwieldy. And when you don't really have room to use it, it's impossible to use. So a Dremel would be nice to actually have a, a small, compact router to actually work with. So. And we, know, we all know how much of a handicap it is to have a large and unwieldy tool. That's right. <laughs> Bitch. It's like, all right, Corey, what is, what is the final thing on your wish list in that case? The final thing on my wish list. Mm, peace on earth, goodwill towards men? Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of charity for other I people. I saw right through that. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I should have known better. I, I, I honestly expected a Lego set. <laughs> oh, that's that's a that's a pretty easy grift then. Uh, let's do... Okay, because you know that when it comes to me being fiscally like responsible to an extreme, it's going to have something to do with Legos. Let's pick out a Lego Where set. Where is he? What's up? Can you see me? Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> let's fix that then. All right. You see me now? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. See, I'm doing Richard Jenny here. This is how he does most of his shows. Right. Um, a Lego set that is too expensive even for me. Hmm. The Ghostbusters house? Well, I got that. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wait. Was it, you were telling me like there was a pirate ship, right? That was close to $900? Mm, fucking Queen Anne's Revenge. That's it. Yeah, when uh, Pirates 4 came out, uh, Lego did it uh, did a proper license with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? So uh-huh. that year, uh, they came out with a lot of those really lovely like uh, other sets that weren't the ships, but you knew the centerpiece were the ships. One of them was the uh, the Black Pearl, which is easy enough to reconstruct. Um, they, they made a Flying Dutchman too, but it's kind of naff, and I think you can do it better. So I always kind of resigned myself to just parting that one out. Um Queen Anne's Revenge, though, was pimp as shit. Uh, for one thing, the Blackbeard minifig, can't find him anywhere. Um, and for two, uh, that one has like a ton of set-specific pieces, which is where the value of like uh, retired sets begins to like uh, build up from. And by the way, so glad I got the Batman 66 set when I did, because it was long for only one year, and uh, that bitch has gone up in price drastically in the last really? month. Yep. Uh, and it's sitting in a couple of bags in my closet right now. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 we could say that the Queen Anne's Revenge or anything from the uh, the former Indiana Jones uh, sets, which are it doesn't matter how small that one is or small any of those sets are, it's going to be ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I love those sets. Those things were awesome. I wish there were more. Hopefully, there will be more when the uh, new movie comes out. Yeah. We'll see. That's that's my big ass Fabergé egg vice. Fucking Legos. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, that's going to wrap up 
uh, Christmas with the Cretans. Uh, doesn't look like any of us have anything that we're doing right now. Bob, you're going on vacation. Corey, you're working. I'm working. Um, uh, getting ready for the holidays. Actually, I did have something. Oh, I, I mentioned uh, I mentioned a couple of TV shows in passing. Uh, the during the week while I was on uh, Facebook, um, I finished a Punisher. Punisher. No, no, no. Have more gummies. No. Um, Punisher <laughs> was good. We went over that last week, so you know how I feel about that. Uh, I started watching a couple of a uh, couple of shows. One was uh, a show that I remember liking when I was a kid, although I couldn't really remember why. I think it was just because I was enamored with the character um, uh, Max Headroom. So I used to draw mm-hmm. him a lot from the Coke commercials and shit. And sure. um, then I remembered that there was an actual like a show, like a drama, um, based off of the character, but not so much. It's actually based off of the film that inspired the character, and. Uh, and is essentially a cyberpunk, really low budget, uh, cyberpunk drama about uh, a reporter that works inside of a network telecom like oligarchy in the future. It's very like it's very uh, transmetropolitan before transmet was a thing, just not as vulgar. Really? Um, aside from like a couple of like uh, 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 moral uh, or uh, social uh, hiccups, you know, because it was the '80s. Like, there's a lot of shots where, like, dudes are sniffing women's hair, and for some reason the women don't mind. It has aged remarkably well. And I don't know if it's because, like, uh, people have become with, like, doing... With, like, resuscitating that sort of lo-fi cyberpunk uh, um, uh, aesthetic in a, in a post-irony sort of a setting, or post-irony sort of, like, a mindset. Um, but a lot of this is like that, but genuine. And it's been a blast to watch over again. Um, the other thing I've been watching is uh, was a complete surprise. It was a Hulu thing called uh, Future Man, and a friend of ours on uh, Facebook recommended it to me. And at first, I kind of didn't want to see it because it was Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, and they kind of like ruined Preacher for me. Um, oh, okay, I know the series. Yeah. 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 Um, and the other thing was that like, yeah, the '80s is big. Woohoo! You got to bring a little bit more to the table now that Stranger Things is uh, is is a thing that exists. So mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to just be like, oh, remember Back to the Future? And then I'll go, ah, yes, this thing is totally worth watching because of that one thing that you knew that I also knew. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just more than like sitting next to a dude at the bar going, God, I miss being a kid before I fucked everything up. Um, <laughs> very few television shows have like uh, a character development arc that will reach any sort of like a differentiating extreme. You know, you, you'll start with like a set of characters uh, at point A. And they'll go through various changes or realizations or, or uh, you know, uh, trans- transmission of wisdom through a number of episodes before they reach point Z at the end of the season where they're different, but not really. They're still the same doofus because they need to have room to fuck up more in the next season. Uh-huh. And Future Man, yeah, there's dick jokes like fucking... Let's just go ahead and say Dick Joe's out the ass because it's not like we're you know it's not, it's not like we're trying to stray away from that uh, pattern yeah. or anything. Why start now? Yeah. Um, it, there is there's a lot of lowbrow humor in it, but what they put the characters through throughout the course of that show is really remarkable. And I've not seen character development like that in a TV show uh, since maybe um what's a show that was really strong at that sort of uh that sort of character transformation. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe Speedy from Arrow, which doesn't really speak to the rest of the show, which is kind of banal. Um, yeah, of course, man, because I'm trying to think of it. I'm not going to be able to come up with it, 
but it was really impressive and a really surprising thing. And, uh, and, uh, it's, it kind of reminds me a lot of like, um, uh, a more daring gallivant for lack of a better comparison. Okay. Not musical, of course. So you lose that part of the magic, but it was still really fucking good. Cool. So there you go. That's what I'm doing. I'm watching TV. I guess that's kind of what I'm doing too. I don't remember if I mentioned it last week or not, but I started watching Voyager. Uh, yes. After I finished DS9 and TNG. That's right. Um, I am I am in the middle of season two, mm-hmm. um, and I can see why people are frustrated with that show because it makes the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. Oh. Um, and that's it's unfortunate because there's a lot of really really solid stuff Mm -hmm. uh like a lot of really good lore that they could work with uh but they are just bound and determined to force feed you with particular story beats yeah that just don't land um that was which kind of sucks a a criticism that i've heard with that version of the show or that take on the uh, the property is that they didn't push forward enough it, it's it that's exactly what it is yeah. and it's it's kind of remarkable that that's a thing when it's a show all about pushing forward to go home mm-hmm. like you would think hey this is the opportunity that we can do this we can actually really kind of push the boundaries a little bit and 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 try to be a little more daring and you know maybe bend the rules of the federation a little bit because they're not out here and and, and do something a little bit different yeah. uh but instead we got that on the show that they were stuck and they didn't travel anywhere, that they were in a space station. Mm -hmm. You get that in DS9, where they really push the boundaries and really kind of put things on on its ear. Yeah. And and Voyager just goes for safety. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's it's frustrating. Yeah. um, Because it has... It could be a great show. It's still Mm -hmm. good. I'm still enjoying it, but it's it's definitely not... Yeah, but by now you've seen better. Yeah. 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 At this point, you know the potential is there. You're just waiting for it to blossom. Yeah. And that waiting game does get tiresome, but it does pay off eventually. I, I think um, I think one of the big problems with the show is that uh, they are very much relying on uh, trying to make Kess the magical fairy girl of the show. Uh, and the problem with Kess is that the actress who plays her has about as much charisma as a dead fish. Um, so, like... <laughs> She's in peril, and I don't care. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And that's not like, the slight dead fish. I've known no, some. No, it's. Yeah, I've known some very just, entertaining dead fish in my time. She's just boring. Yeah. And like, and I don't believe her when she acts. Like, Neelix, as ridiculous as a character as Neelix is, and he is very close to becoming the Jar Jar Binks of Star Trek. Um, yeah, his name sounds like cereal. As, as ridiculous. <laughs> As ridiculous <laughs> as ridiculous as a character as Neelix is, the guy playing him plays him so well that when he's on screen, I'm interested. And I want to know what's going to happen to him. When Kess is on screen, I don't give a flying fuck. <laughs> like, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And I know she leaves after season three, so I'm really looking forward to getting through that and getting to when Jerry Ryan shows up. And I know that she's just on there for for TNA, and she's going to be in skin tight clothes and whatever. But no, um, she is at least a more interesting character than the 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 wet blanket that is Kess. So, <laughs> um, the only reason I knew about this bit with the Voyager, at least the fan reaction to Voyager, is because I was reading about Enterprise, and supposedly Enterprise was the concept behind it was them trying to overcorrect. 
for not really doing anything with Voyager at all. Mm-hmm. So they were like, all right, well, let's just get whacking down with this one. So they said it in the past, and it's right after First Contact and all this other stuff. That's A lot of that feels to me like they're still kind of doing that with Discovery, too. Mm-hmm. Like, why not just make what works? Like, <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've got a... You've got 45 years of, of, of proven stuff here, yeah. and you've got really good ideas on where to go with it. Let's not swing that pendulum far back and forth either way. Yeah. You know, let's let's find well, a good balance somewhere in the middle and push push the genre forward. Wasn't, wasn't Voyager them sticking with what works? Or stagnating? Well, that's that's ex- that's exactly what I'm problem. That's exactly the problem. They stagnated. Yeah. They didn't move the pendulum uh-huh. at all. Yeah. I don't mean like swing it over your head like you're a stripper. <laughs> you know, just you know, rock it back and forth a little bit, and you know, and g- get a little bit there. Like like Discovery mm-hmm. is them just throwing the pendulum out the window yeah. and and hopping on a mechanical bull. Yeah. Um, and it's knocking over all the the viewers in the process. Exactly. Um, and now I really want to see a Mother Time themed strip act. <laughs> I've come from the future to get your dollar bills. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure that's a burlesque show somewhere. Let's fucking find um, it. It's probably a steampunk burlesque. You're right. Probably. So I'm going to head out to San Fran and check out all the uh, after hours coffee places. For all seven of you in San Francisco that listen to the show, this is your job. Find, <laughs> find the, uh, find the, the, the mother time burlesque show for us and, and send pictures. Um, if, if you're allowed, I don't know how that works. Yeah. Um, all right. Side note: Before we get to what Bob's doing, and Bob, I know you're prepping for a vacation here. Uh, I'm reading the recap of tonight's Monday Night Raw, and apparently on this website, uh, Seamus's new finisher is the Brogue Lick instead of the Brogue Kick. So uh, fun typo. Uh, he hit a Brogue Lick on Dean Ambrose. So okay, there we are. Uh, <laughs> I I always watch pro wrestling tape delayed. I can't watch it live anymore because the commercials I timed out once at five and a half minutes. I was like I. I'll just watch it on tape delay and just fast forward through it. Yeah. Uh, so, Bob, you are you are getting ready to go on a great big family vacation. Taking the brew to Cabana Bay. Going to go to uh, Universal and Islands. Going to check out the, the the Christmas lights, the decorations they do on the castle. And uh, castle? Just going to Hog- yeah, they uh, do light projections on the castle. At now. Universal, where's a castle? Hogwarts. At oh, Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Uh, yeah. Right. 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 Okay. Sorry. It's it's a school and a castle. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I brought the boys there before, but we've been watching the Harry Potter movies just to, like like hey, this is this is the franchise. This is what we're gonna go mm-hmm. see. So I think the only thing new is gonna be the Jimmy Fallon ride. I haven't done that before. That's gonna be a that's gonna be an experience. I, I know that they have like a really interesting cue for that where. You just go in like this lounge, and they give you a pager. It's like, all right, get on when it the pager goes yeah, off. Kinda, so, kind of like what they do with Dumbo. Kind of like you do with Dumbo. The yeah, Dumbo has this really, really good cue system where you go in, you go into a playground. Parents can sit down. Kids are running around like crazy. They give you a pager, and when it's your turn, you just give them the pager, and you get right on the ride. I don't remember that at all. Huh, that's clever. Huh. It's. It was with the, the new uh, Fantasyland reverb they mm. did. It was oh, one of okay. the first things they did. And it's one of the... I mean, air conditioning and let my kids go nuts. Yeah, great. Awesome. Oh, I'll sure. tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you this phone. about the Jimmy Fallon queue. It's one of the most relaxed queues I've ever been in. It's like this huge... Like, oh, really? It's a, I think it's supposed to be a, a recreation of the uh, the 30 Rock uh, lobby. Um, yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I've heard. 
But you know how fucking big that thing is? This is like the lobby. It's the yeah, rear the lobby. lobby. They, they, sure, tell they me. couldn't fit that onto Universal property. This is a scaled down replication of it. It's still fucking massive. Wow. And here's the cool thing about this. Um, up until the stairs. All right, I'm going to put these over here. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. They're hindering this podcast. Apparently, the Vineland uh, Caribos are rather tasty. Um, what they did was uh, they kind of made the first floor of the lobby. All right, there's two floors to the lobby, by the way. Um, they made the first floor kind of like this shrine to the Tonight Show. And what that includes are uh, profiles of all the hosts from. Who's, Jack who's Parr. the first? John Parr? That was him? John Parr? Jack Parr? Jack Parr. Yeah. Sorry. From Jack Parr all the way up until Jimmy Fallon. And it'll include like some of their tells, like the Johnny Carson glass case has his suit, uh, the Karnak uh, turban, other things like that, things that they were well known for. And this is what I thought was super duper classy. They included Conan O'Brien's one year in the chair. So they have a... As they what's should. Up? As they As should. They should. He was yeah. The host. Because yeah. part of that fuck up was NBC's fault. It's on them. No. All that fuck up was NBC's yeah, they, fault. The minute I Jay Leno came back and that. said, yo, here's my dick, put me back in the chair, they should have said, no, bitch, you no. walked out. You quit. <laughs> if this were any other employee working for this country, you wouldn't be able to come back for three years, let alone whenever the hell you want to in a matter of months. So people like to put the blame on Jay Leno. And honestly, yeah, he deserves a lot of it. But they never, almost never mentioned the fact that NBC held those strings. They could have said, Snip, psh, bitch, wind to somebody else. Get out of here. You go work for TBS. So they put in Conan O'Brien, and they included his suit and uh, a couple of things from uh, a couple of other effects from his show. And I kind of just like stood at it for a little while and said, that's the coolest damn thing I think they could have done for this guy. That was like seeing the um, Steve Gerber credits at the end of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy for me. Because remember, for the longest cool. time, Disney were a dick about Howard the Duck. Uh-huh. That was a tongue twister. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. So, yeah. The right itself is Jimmy Fallon as fuck. Um, wait, I, we actually talked about this on a past podcast, didn't we? Maybe. I don't think we did. Sure. Really? Oh, okay. Coolest part of the ride uh, was definitely the bit where um, the uh, rules and regulations are wrapped out to you instead of simply read. Uh, the Roots are apparently good at fucking everything that happens to do with music. And um, <laughs> and the Race to New York is, yeah, it's like uh, it's like the Hanna-Barrera ride from back in the day. Or the Despicable Me ride now. Except because okay. it's cool. Jimmy Fallon and uh, his stand-up comedy has a particular tapestry to it. It gets a little nutty at the end. That's that's pretty much all I can say about it. <laughs> so, cool. yeah. Cool. That's that. All right. Well, guys, I think that is going to about wrap it up for episode 31 of the Nerd or Not podcast. Remember, we do feed off of your dialogue, so we ask that you subscribe to the page. Uh, subscribe on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe here on YouTube. Like and engage us in the comments on anything we talked about today, either here yep. at Facebook or on Twitter. We are at Cretans Guild with no space. Uh, you can capitalize the CNG if you want. It doesn't matter. Uh, so to all of our followers, new and old, we say welcome to the Guild. Uh, and again... Uh, to the guys at uh, the Writer's Bone, I truly apologize for the lead-in for talking about your podcast. Uh, we do appreciate you, uh, and the incest <laughs> jokes are not normal. Maybe the next, Thanks. maybe the next podcast, I'll <laughs> be like, doing uh, uh, incest-themed novels or something. I don't 
There's a lot of William Faulkner to get into. <laughs> so there you go. We're going to get kicked out of that group. <laughs>